What's going on, family? It's your man K to the second letter, and I am here with none other than I mean the dream mean machine. He who cannot be defeated, deleted when you see him tweet, retweet him. Hey, please. He is him. Hemi Neutron. Hemi Butler. <laughs> Himinal is what they call him. <laughs> they call him Himinal. Okay. Turn to your Himinal. <laughs> <laughs> the section 116 and you'll see I mean the dream mean machine uh-huh. we are here back again with another episode of Southside Rabbi yes. we're starting the year off spicy yeah okay we did an episode uh-huh. last year we didn't play we took the gloves off gloves uh-huh. were left in the back okay I'm very ashy yeah alright so my y- 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 knuckles y- y- were y- sharp <laughs> you feel me they felt Every single well, blow. Like you was getting hit by shards of glass. Yes, those bro. Because these knuckles haven't been moisturized in decades. And we came in uh-huh. swinging. What episode are you talking about? Marriage. The marriage when episode, we talked yeah. about marriage. Mm-hmm. But we were we, yelling. People said in the comment section that we were we yelling. We were yelling. Yeah. We were yelling. And uh, I was yelling. Uh, I think we both were yelling <laughs> uh, because that's how Andrew Tate. That's how Andrew Tate talks. It's just in the context of how these folks get down, bro. They are always screaming with little. Moments of aggression. He'll yeah. be like, and that's why you got to do when I have to tell you. I'm like, man, this man is trying to hold it right, down. Right, right. Maybe he has a sex trafficking <laughs> ring at home. I don't know. But it seems like there's something, something going on beneath the surface in this gentleman. Right. Anyways, that was a shot, but it's unfortunately probably true. <laughs> so, any houses. We did that episode. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of reaction on the internet for there is a very pervasive mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. called the Manosphere yeah. that is dominating bum, 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 Christian circles. Yes. Yeah. Not just non-Christian circles. Christian circles. What is happening, bro? Yeah. What's going on, cuz? This is the thing. How did this happen? If people don't understand what the manosphere is. Wait, I was about to say, please explain first, Meansy. What is the manosphere? I think that the manosphere is mostly a male-dominated community that is online. Yes. Hence the word manosphere. Uh Uh-huh. Usually, in the manosphere community, you have a lot of men who have very misogynistic and sexist views of women. Yes. Now, the manosphere kind of is an evolution of the incel community. I don't know if you all have heard about incel, incel communities. Yep. But the manosphere has evolved from that. And what you find is a very patriarchal, sexist, and misogynistic community yep. that is constantly uplifting men in a way that is meant to show men's dominance over women. That's yes, what I yeah, would yeah, say. Yeah, now, yeah, for sure. everything that is said in the manosphere is not always wrong. Sure. There's a lot of great advice for men in the manosphere, yep. and there is sometimes a lot of critique of the culture when it comes to how men are treated that mm-hmm. are true mm-hmm. in the manosphere. Mm-hmm. However, I think that the manosphere, in my opinion, there are certain parts in the manosphere that's like a moral non-starter. There's so much bad in the manosphere sure. that I don't even think that it's a place where you can really take the meat and leave the bones yes, because yes. it's just so many bones. It's a lot you, of you, bones. You know what I mean? A lot and, of bones. And what we're finding is that more and more young men are being influenced by the philosophies of the manosphere. Now, there's a lot of men 
like certain people who are associated with the manosphere. Yes, and, and so yes, yes. I would say the man at the top of it, but when he calls himself the top G, is a man named Andrew Tate. Yes. So there's people that are in there. There would some people would say Jordan Peterson is part of the manosphere. Sure. I would say yes and no. He's critiqued Andrew Tate as well. I, I don't know if I would put him like squarely in the manosphere, but he de- but people in the manosphere definitely rock with Jordan Peterson, sure. some of his stuff. You got like people from the Fresh and Fit podcast. You got Rolo Tomasi, who our homie Ruslan debated. Shout out to, to Ruslan. And if you haven't watched the debate between our homie Ruslan and Roland Tomasi, watch it. Um and then you have some other folks that are in that kind of manosphere. He thing. bodied him, but I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't want to say it. Ruslan did body him. I'm sorry. <laughs> We, some, you lose we some. are about truth, and it is true that Roland Tomasi came out afterwards and literally started making conspiracy theories about why he lost to Ruslan. He said he Ruslan said had, Ru- had a, a guy in another room that was feeding him information through his iPad. And I was like, no, he wasn't. He just obliterated you in an argument, and he read your book, and you didn't expect him to come sharp as he did, and when, he did. Yo, when that brother started talking about he had two <laughs> Apple Watches on. Yeah, he started if, saying all kind of crazy stuff. stuff. Yeah, two Apple Watches. Come on, man. That's like steroids. That's like, like TRT. So he like, was, First of all, Ruslan did not have anybody feed him information, but even if he did, if they're talking about your book, yes, shouldn't you be able to defend it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I don't... It doesn't matter if Someone's he had... Someone's telling him what page I said something on in this right, publicly. Which did not happen, but even if it did, you should be able to defend what you wrote. Oh, but man, either way, no. that's a whole side note. Yeah. But so you have a lot of young men being influenced by the Manosphere, and one of the biggest people that they are influenced by is Andrew Tate. Sure. And we've seen that there have been... Several articles that have come out about teachers in schools talking about how the students are reciting his disgusting kind of philosophies about women and how teachers, even teachers in schools, have had to combat some of the stuff that he spreads and spews. Sure. I have friends that I, one dude that I'm thinking about in particular, solid Christian brother. Him and his wife did a, does a great job at raising their kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Yep. But he even said that him and his wife have had to combat Andrew Tate's philosophy with their son mm. because he has been taking some of it on. Sure. And then I'm thinking about a tweet from my sister, Nancy Piercy, yeah. who said, a former graduate student of mine now teaches high school and she sent me an email saying, all my male students are fans of Andrew Tate. Mm. They even include quotes from him in their yearbook. I asked, where do you teach? Nancy said, and her friend said, at a classical Christian school. Yeesh. And Nancy said, even in Christian circles, boys are looking for people who will affirm their masculinity. And if they don't find those people in the church, they will look to online influencers like Andrew Tate. Mm. And what we see is that is what is happening. Yeah, boy. And Andrew Tate has taken off. If we talk a little bit about Andrew Tate. Yep. Some of y'all may have heard of him. Some of y'all haven't. If you haven't, I would just say, go and look at a compilation of what Andrew Tate said on YouTube. And But Andrew Tate is a British-American influencer. He was born 1986. He's about 37 now. He's probably like 34, 35, 36 when all those videos were going viral. And he is a self-proclaimed misogynist. There was this British reality TV show that he was on that was like Big Brother in the United States. Sure. And he actually got removed from that show because there was some allegations and a video came out of him attacking a woman. Oh. In 2016. Yes. He said that the footage had been edited and that it was like a total lie. He said that the woman in the footage was in on the, it was like a role-playing thing that they were doing. But he got removed from the show. And his website says he's from Chicago, Illinois, but he was raised a lot in Europe. Sure. You hear it in his 
Yeah, you can. Interesting accent. His father was in the Air Force, and they moved to the UK, and that's where Andrew Tate was raised until his parents divorced. Uh. Following the divorce, he moved to England with his mother, and in England is where Andrew Tate became a four-time world champion kickboxer. Sure. So he's a good kickboxer. Yeah. And even people in the kickboxing community will say that. But it was online where he would find his fame. And it was through videos of a luxurious lifestyle. Like he was showing all his cars he had. Sure. All of these women that he had. And then he started giving a lot of his viewpoints on masculinity. Sure. And on the world. Yes. And in an interview with one YouTuber, he said that he's absolutely a misogynist. <laughs> and then he said, quote, I'm a realist. And when you're a realist, you're sexist. There's no way you can be rooted in reality and not be sexist. Mm. End quote. Mm. That's what he said. In the same video, he also described women as intrinsically lazy mm. and said that there was no such thing as an independent female. And numerous social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, they have all banned him. Yep. Because of his, yeah, uh, his on, opinions. On Twitter, he, he said that women bear responsibility for their own grapes. Mm. Y'all know what grapes are because yeah, we, we can't say the other word. We don't want to use the other word. Right. But which... When it was revealed that he was being investigated and eventually detained for mm -hmm. human trafficking, to me, it felt like this sounds like the kinds of things a human trafficker would say. Yeah, absolute, what was absolutely. That tweet? What was the tweet that about that when, when somebody was addressing uh -huh. a lot of Christian men's hate for Taylor Swift in oh, contrast yes. to their love? Andrew Tate. So I have to give a shout out to my boy, John Reznor. Shout out to you, my guy. We've been friends on Twitter and stuff for a long time. He actually talked about how a lot of Christian men, especially on Twitter, have been like going in on Taylor Swift, like talking about how she's a bad influence. They hate how so many people in America are obsessed with her, all of that stuff. And my boy, John said, Taylor Swift writes songs that may appeal to your daughter, but not to you, talking mm -hmm. to these Christian men that hate Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. And he said, but Andrew Tate, who a lot of these Christian men do appeal to, he said, Andrew Tate will sex traffic your daughter and con your son. Mm. He said, if we can't understand the difference, I don't know if we can understand much at all about ethics and culture. Ooh. And so the reason that he's talking about sex trafficking, and then KB said that too, is because people are, were asking, like, how is Andrew Tate making his money? And Andrew Tate has described himself as a self-made millionaire, and he said he earned his money through a webcam business that he started in his apartment. Mm. Now, I remember when Andrew Tate had his website, CobraTate.com, and he was selling courses on how, essentially, to pimp women. Yes. I remember going on the website and reading Would you like to manipulate points. women to yes. get them to do whatever you one want of the for things the sake that, of money? One of the things that he said is he said, I quote, I had 75 women working for me in four locations. I was doing about 600000 a month from a webcam. Right? And then now deleted page on his website because that website I was talking about that I, I remember going on and reading, he took it down once like he he got in he got arrested and detained for sex trafficking, him sure. and his brother Tristan. Sure. He said on the page, he said, My quote was to meet a girl, go on a few dates, sleep with her, test if she's quality, get her to fall in love with me, where she'd do anything I say, and then get her on a webcam so we can become rich together. That's the kind of stuff that Andrew Tate was teaching. In that course, he was saying, I will teach you how to and, do this in the course. for anyone that is still saying, it sounds consensual to me, do you realize that the basis of slavery is everything he just described? Absolutely. To be able to convince someone yes. or to be able to bring someone into a, a world that is completely dependent on you mm -hmm. for the sake of exploiting them mm -hmm. is by definition oppression. Yes, that's so, what it is. So the idea... And this is what, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this in a second. Mm -hmm. The problem with 
this setup in the mind of somebody who doesn't care about what the Bible says, you might be able to make an argument for why this just may be utilitarian. Uh-huh. And in some ways, redemptive because at least we're all making some money. There's the rich together part. For those that name the name of Christ and the Bible is your mm-hmm. axiom. It's a moral non-starter. Yeah. To turn a person into a thing. Yes. An object. An object for money. image bearers is an assault on Yahweh. Yes. So that there is no world where I see you as a product that I just got to figure out. Right. That I can find ways to... to Monetize uh, you. Monetize. Yeah. Monetizing human beings is another way to describe slavery. Make no mistake. Even think about the Hebrews when they were delivered from slavery. Right. In absolute oppression. Right. Delivered from slavery and find themselves out in the desert with Moses mm-hmm. and then begin to romanticize their slavery in to the Egypt. point that they wanted to go back. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if you are able to say, it's okay, I'm cool with being a slave, you're still being enslaved. There is no world where an image bearer rightly thinking through the fact that they've been made in the image of God uh-huh. can be accepting of a position or a social relationship right. where I am being taken advantage of. That is wrong. Let me say, this is the same argument that we had in the music industry for years Ooh. when it came to contracts. Mm-hmm. Because what would happen is these new artists, was industry standard. If you were a new artist, nobody really knew who you were. Mm-hmm. You were going to sign the worst deal of your life. Mm-hmm. And typically, it's probably going to be for a long time, like five, six albums. Put, put in perspective, five, six albums is like eight years. Okay? Yeah. So, in that contract, you basically sign over everything. You're publishing. Obviously, the master belongs to the label. Mm-hmm. And you are only really able to make money off of doing concerts. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't have concerts, I don't care. You can have a number one. Megan Thee Stallion, one year, had some of the top songs that came out. And she right. made a few thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay? It's crazy. If that's your contract, you're going to feel like you're being taken advantage of yeah. eventually. Yeah, because what's you the, are. What's the veneer of the lady, fame? Yeah, the fame and these. I've, I've been on 15 flights now. It's not as cool anymore to travel. Now I'm trying to figure out why I can't pay my rent. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. you feel taken advantage of because you are being taken advantage of. You go to your label and you say, "Hey, this contract isn't fair. This isn't right. This isn't right." The label, for years, had one argument in response, and the argument was: Is this your signature? <laughs> What's that say right there? Because in the contract, I see Megan the Stallion. Now I didn't sign that forgery. Is and in the contract it says we can make you our slave in perpetuity until the end of the universe. That's right. They will use the word universe Uh, in the contract. If they find a way to stream music on Mars, on Mars, we get money there as well. That's the contract you signed. That's evil, though. Yes. Think about how evil that is, y'all. Hold on. I don't know. We just can't just get past that real quick. What KB is saying is actually not. Hyperbole. Yes. And if anybody has watched, Dave Chappelle actually said this in one of his stand-ups that the same thing happened to him like with Comedy Central that they use universe in the contract. But I heard that from KB way before Dave Chappelle said it. He said the contract will literally say for the existence of the universe. Known universe. Known universe. It's in writing. Yeah. That these companies are literally saying the implication of that is if we find a way, if Elon Musk can get us uh, to live on planet Mars and we are streaming music on Mars, we own it there too. That is evil. Intergalactic slave, bro. (laughs) That's crazy. 
We're going to go to the court where the aliens are going to be at. The, the alien judge is going to be up there. And that's what it says. It's probably going to sound like a bunch of beeping when he talks. But yes, yes, when yes, you yes, translate yes, it, that's what it's going to But, dog, but the point is, yeah. the, the label has the same argument. It's had the same argument. And mm-hmm. praise God, things are changing in the music industry. But for years, it's how it was when I signed. The argument stands, did you sign this? Yep. And you are a grown man mm-hmm. or a grown woman that signed this contract. You need to do what it says. And here is my counter-argument. If I sign a deal mm-hmm. that in it, it gives you the right to do harm to me, mm-hmm. does that make the deal invalid? And I would say we have a moral responsibility, which judges mm-hmm. and lawyers often are able to argue before a jury of our peers, mm-hmm. where they look at that and say, hold up. This should not have existed right. because it's a moral non-starter. Mm-hmm. Moral non-starters mean that if I am sitting down, and another thing too, a lot of, in some states, you can't even sign a record deal without having a lawyer present. Because mm-hmm. I'm not even, this is all written in intentionally confusing language. Why? It's legalese. It's legalese on purpose. There's all kinds of wiggle room and plausible deniability. It's designed to take advantage of you. Yeah. So if that is the intention of the contract itself falls on its face morally. Right. And this is why, bro, more than not, bro, when you get in front of a judge and you say, they had me sign a contract that said that they could abuse me for all the days of my life. Mm-hmm. The judge that usually signs with- That should not, the, the contract should be illegal. So- It doesn't matter that you signed it. It doesn't it matter should, that it you signed it. shouldn't have existed. The contract itself, this is why we have statutory rape in mm. our country. That when you are, even with the consent of a minor, engaging in this kind of activity, it is still considered illegal. Why? Because of the mind frame of a minor. Yeah, you're taking advantage. You are taking advantage of her development. Yep. Yeah. Among other things. But that's one of the the reasons why we have to insist that no matter how much in love this 30-year-old man felt with this 12-year-old girl, and how much in love the 12-year-old girl fell in love with this 30-year-old man, Mm -hmm. there is something Mm -hmm. fundamentally wrong with the engagement off top. Right. The thing doesn't get off the ground. It's what we call a moral non-starter. Right. So I'm saying all that to say because I hear people defend yeah. Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. Or the, any, any of the OnlyFans pimps. The countries yeah. that have had a an international kind of conspiracy to bring him down and have deemed what he does as sex trafficking. Yep. They tried to argue that the female had some complicity in it because she fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. But you realize that the entire arrangement itself is the problem. Yes. You do not use love to manipulate women for money. Yes. That's pimping. Yeah. Which, and that and that and which Andrew Tate has made very clear that's what he's doing. He doesn't pimping. cover he doesn't cover it up. Yes. He these doesn't aren't dogs yeah, or ex- products. Yeah. These aren't chia pets. This isn't a rental property. Okay? Mm-hmm. This isn't Airbnb. Yeah. These are humans. Yeah. And not to mention Let's not get it twisted. That's usually how sex trafficking works, though. If you ever listen to, like, how grown women get sex trafficked. Yes. Andrew Tate is saying, I get these women to fall in love with me. He's probably showing them this luxurious lifestyle. And then he slowly, over time, grooms them and convinces them to do stuff on webcams that he then sells as adult entertainment for money. And that's what him and his brother Tristan, they got arrested in the suburban capital of Romania, bureaucrats, as an investigation into this sex trafficking. And then also rape allegations. But when you hear... 
of women talk about how they got trafficked. I've heard a lot of women talk about they thought they were going to a photo shoot. A dude would say, man, you look beautiful. I'm a photographer. I do photos. Yes. And I would love for you to come to a photo shoot. Yes. They come to a photo shoot. Yes. Then they're doing bikini photos. Then the, then they, over time, convinced them to do non-bikini photos. Yes. Then it turns into video. Then, it, then before they know it, they're really getting it's trafficked. It's grooming. And then they're getting trafficked. Yes. And, and, and you cannot say they're grown was consensual. That's not how it works. No, it's this it's still- man went into this whole proposition trying to deceive this woman and groom her to do a thing. Yeah. That's what cults are. No, no, no one says, usually, these are grown people. They signed up for these cults. So if they all wanted to drink, if they all went to Jim Jones's cult and drank this Kool-Aid yes. that killed them, yes. so be it. No, you understand that cult leaders are intentionally trying to manipulate people. Yes. And manipulation is, as Taxstone says, thievery of the brain. It is. It's hijacking the, hijacking it's, the and, minds. And there is, you cannot, the, the person is culpable of it. Yes. The, the person doing the, the manipulation is culpable, bro. And as Christians, yeah. especially, we should be the ones that say, that's wrong. That, that's wrong. It doesn't matter if the person agreed to it or not. Yes, yes. It doesn't matter if you can make an argument for it. It doesn't matter. It's, does it violate the moral code of Yahweh? Yes. Which... Andrew would say that he at least observes to some degree. He's, yeah, he would say he observes to some degree. To but some degree. Even though he's is Muslim. Yeah. It's fascinating to me, bro. It, 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 what's fascinating to me is how much of a stronghold misogyny has on men in general and uh-huh. how susceptible to, that, that some folks claim to be Christians, mm-hmm. or especially Christian men, that they would... Be okay to look past his Islam. You got folk, folks in, in our space that are what probably would consider they have Islam Islamophobia mm-hmm. going on to some degree. They they also Christian men are pretty clear that fidelity matters. Mm-hmm. Like cheating on your wife is bad. Mm-hmm. Sleeping around is bad. clear on that. Mm-hmm. But they'd be willing to look past it for this dude, bro. Yeah, we can look past his religious convictions that run. Yeah. Even though we are folks that are known for being, I mean, if you're in taking America back for God, in the, the the evangelical ethos towards is Islam is that the study that they did showed that they would be cool kicking them all out or never allowing them to come to the country. Yeah, happier without them being here. Right. When it comes to Islam, Muslims, yeah, which is insane to me, mm-hmm. especially given that we are to be great commission people. Yeah. <laughs> I want them here. Right. For Christ's sake. Anyways, setting that aside. Bro, our ego, bro, and our need to dominate and often feeling small mm-hmm. and set aside mm-hmm. and, and overlooked by women and mm-hmm. wanting that get back. Mm-hmm. All of that is supreme in these situations yeah. where you'll look past anything yeah. as long as he is ministering to that wicked desire for me to dominate over women. women. Which to me crazy, is bro. usually the, the disposition of the manosphere. For me, the disposition of the manosphere to me are men who feel insignificant, small, forgotten, left out, rejected. rejected, That's good. Yes, absolutely rejected. Rejection is the the lifeblood of Of resentment. Yeah, Yeah. yes, rejected. Coming to believe these philosophies about themselves as men, being able to dominate women, and that dominating coming from a type of get back. Yes, I'm a man, and you gonna it's and and I think. I think that's the disposition of the manosphere, yeah. which actually was also the disposition of the incel community. Yeah, that's why I think it's an evolution of the incel community. However, 
the question becomes, why are so many men attracted to this right now? Sure, yeah, that's a good question. Young men yeah, yeah, yeah. are, the Manosphere guys are making a crap load of money. Sure. Because people are swallowing, drinking down their content. Yes. Andrew Tate, Fresh and Fit, these guys, academics, yep. I would say DJ academics too. Yep. Definitely a Manosphere guy. Yep. People are drinking down their content and their philosophies and their ideas about relationships and women and marriage and all of that. Why yeah, yeah, is yeah. the question. Yes. And I think one of the things that we have to be okay with saying, right? Southside Rabbi, we are folks that believe that certain things are very clear biblical issues. Yes. Justice being one of them. Yes. And justice has to do with equality. Yes. And I think that there's a lot of different inequalities in the world. Yes. There's a lot of different systemic and institutional problems in the world that oppress people as well. Sure. They can, people could call us Marxists all they want. It's a fact. Yes. I think that part of that is misogyny and patriarchy. I sure. think that sexism, misogyny, misogynoir, patriarchy is a real th is a real thing. Sure. However, I do think that what has happened over time when with the rise of feminism and the rise of speaking about sexism and patriarchy and misogyny and misogynoir, which should which we should be talking about, there has also been a kind of rejection of the idea that men have in a very real sense been stomped on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that there's been an overcorrection. There's been an overcorrection. Because I think that men yeah. needed to be corrected. We yes. do live in a patriarchal society. The majority of people that are running the all of the companies that you can think of in this world are men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I mean, it's still, and they're usually older men. Sure. That's changing with younger men. Yeah. But as we see now, which is good. Women have been more empowered over time. Yep. They vote. They go to school. They earn degrees. They kill it in the workforce. Yes. And I think that's good. I think that should be happening. But there's also another thing that is happening. And there is a boy crisis a or boy a crisis. young man crisis. Yes, yes, yes. There is. Yes. And I, don't th and I think that if we cannot admit that because yes. we're scared if we admit that we're ceding the ground to misogynists and, patri and, and these guys that are patriarchs right. that, that are pushing patriarchy and sexism, yes. then we cannot actually actually deal with the root of the problem of why people are attracted to the manosphere. Absolutely. The reason why men are attracted to the manosphere is because there is a very real manhood crisis that are. is happening. Yeah, yeah, men are suffering. Men are suffering. And, and, and if you said data shows it too, sure. I think yeah. it's between 25 and 34. Now, there has not been a time, I think in recent history, where men to age 25 and 34 has been unemployed the way they are right now. Sure. Yep. Also, men are lagging behind educationally. Yes. Women are killing men yep. when it comes to graduating college with yep. degrees. Yep. That's not a problem that it, it per se. I want women to graduate from college, sure. but men are being left behind. Sure, they sure. really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that if people can't hear us say that without them thinking that we are leaning into some kind of right-wing, sexist, misogynistic, manosphere, woe is me, victim mentality, manhood narrative, yep. then you're not going to get to the root of the issue on why these men are embracing this toxic manosphere philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to ignore the problems that that is actually causing men to start doing good, some I mean. of that stuff because men do feel like they are now being forgotten. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think that because of that, yep. the data also shows that heterosexual males, especially young men, they're also lagging behind in dating. Mm. When it comes to finding a romantic partner, when it comes to finding a spouse, yep. they are also way behind in that women are now much more independent. Yep. Women are now earning more than men. They're yep. out earning men. So they're saying, if I can't be with a man that could actually earn what I'm earning or more, I don't want to be with him. Mm. And so all of that stuff is contributing to how young men are feeling. Yep. Young men are also 
foregoing relationships to venture into porn. Yeah, yeah, and they sure. have a relationship with porn instead of real relationships with women. Yep. They have relationships with video games yep. instead of actually going out and doing stuff themselves within society. Yep. Young men are at a place where they're hurting. You have a lot of dudes that are not like these right-wing manosphere sexist misogynistic folks that talk about this. So The Boy Crisis is a book that I think that everyone should get. Also, Scott Galloway talks a lot about this. You can listen to it on this podcast. Yep. He's, I think he's a professor at... Was it? Is it NYU? I can't remember, but he talks a lot about this with great data and empirical evidence to back this up. Another joint that I, I talk about is Christine Emba for the Washington Post has a great article called Men Are Lost and Here's a Map of the Wilderness. And I think that everyone should read that article because she also talks about this too as not some kind of hardcore right wing. She thinks the manosphere is disgusting. Sure. She thinks sexism and misogyny is a real thing, but she actually is honest about the problem that is going on with men. Absolutely. She said the de- deindustrialization, automation, free trade, peacetime, us not being at war, yep. all of that stuff has shifted the labor market and not in men's favor. The need for physical labor has declined while while soft skills like academics and, uh, and academic credentials are increasingly rewarded and growing numbers of working age men have detached from the labor market and it's the biggest drop of unemployment from 25 to 34. And for men, job wages have stagnated everywhere except for the rich older men at the top. Man. And she also said women are surging ahead in school and in the workplace, putting a further dent in the provider model that has been long ingrained in our conception of masculinity. Yep. Men now receive 74 bachelor's degrees for every 100 awarded to women. And men account for more than 70% of the decline in college enrollment overall. Man. Right? There was a study in TD Ameritrade did a survey, and it says that women out-earn or make the same amount as their husbands or partners, nearly half of the women that reported in that study in 2020 either out-earn or make the same as their partners, wow. which is different than the 1960s. So I'm saying all that to say that it's not a problem that women are excelling, but I'm saying that what is happening is that men are hurting and feeling left behind, and the manosphere content yep. makes them feel like they are somebody. Yes, with the exception of the recent shooting at a Christian school in uh-huh. Nashville uh-huh. last year— Almost every mass shooting that we have had in this nation in recent times has been done by a boy. That is true. A uh, young man. The last time I looked at the numbers was the summer of, of last year. From the January 2023 mm-hmm. to June mm-hmm. 2023, 250 mass shootings all done by boys. All done by men. And in that, there's a quote from that book, The Boy Crisis, where he's wrestling with why our boys are killing us. Yeah. He says, we blame guns, violence in the media, violence in video games, and poor family values. Each is a plausible player, but our daughters live in the same homes with the same access to the same guns and video games and media, and they are raised with the same family values, and our daughters are not killing, our sons are. They are killing us, and they are killing themselves. Yep, that's another Men thing. Men are leading the world yes. in suicide. In fact, I got a statistic right here. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. In reference to men's life expectancy, this comes from a biologist, Randolph Nessie, that he looked at the premature deaths in a study that covered 20 countries. Mm-hmm. He said if men died at the same mortality rate as females, you would do more good than curing cancer. Ooh. Just getting boys to die at the same rate as girls would be like finding the cure to the thing that kills more people than anything else. Man. Suicide now takes more lives than war, murder, natural disasters, 
combined, mm-hmm. stealing, he did the math on this, more than 36 million years of healthy life around the world. Wow. And it is being led by boys, bro. If you take all of the wars that we fought, from World War II, the Civil War, all of these conflicts, and you were to put all of those numbers together, we are still outpacing them with killing ourselves, bro. The men are leading the charge. Yeah. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, I think that it's helpful for us to say that there is a kind of overcorrection happening. There's an overcorrection, yes. I had dinner with a good friend of mine, and he's a white man. Uh-huh. And, and he was, he's wrestling through transitioning to a new job. He's a high-earning dude. He was an executive for the organization he worked for. And he's finding it challenging to some degree to transition to another space. He has these headhunters that are going out trying to place him. And they keep coming back with the same challenge. What they're finding is that for the first time in American history, being a white male in certain institutions that are leaning towards diversity, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. that it's difficult for white men to get jobs now because they are being overlooked because they're white. You are white. Yeah. And male. Yeah. So women, people of color, depending on the company, even folks who are would be considered minority sexually mm-hmm. are giving preference over dudes like my friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that for 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 some, they would say, welcome to what we've been going through <laughs> all these years. Right. But my question, is that a godly response? Mm-hmm. Because when I think about Paolo Fiore's, the mm-hmm. pedagogy of, of the, oppressed. the oppressed. Yeah. The main thing, man, the man is trying to help these recently decolonized people understand. Yeah. Is that though it feels like Answering oppression with oppression Yes Is how we settle the score You want to talk yeah. about equality Yep The dudes from Supreme Dreams they, they had this skit Where all black people got powers Yeah And they were doing an interview With some white folks And they said What are you guys going to do Now that you have all these powers And his response was We're going to do to you Whatever you did to us So if you didn't do anything to us You got nothing to worry about Right But if you did some things That you probably shouldn't have did That's what we're going to match you with We're yeah. not going to do more Right. But we're going to do the same. Yeah. And Paolo Fiore argues in this book, in, in the pedagogy of the oppressed, yeah. is that in oppressing those who have oppressed you, you become worse yeah. than them. Yeah. He said, you, yeah. You, you be- enter back into slavery. You enter back into slavery yes. because now you become the master. You become the master. Yeah. And, 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 and the master has made you like himself. That's right. <laughs> the master, this is what I've said before, yeah. there's a different inexperience on a human level to dehumanize yeah. a person, you have to dehumanize yourself. Yes. You have to become an animal to treat people like animals. animals. Yep. And that is what destroys us yeah. in the long term. Yep. Nelson Mandela, say what you want about him, had a moment where all of South Africa was ready to go. Yeah. Just say the word. Just press the green button. Press, press, all you got to do is wink. Yeah. Is he winking? All you got to do is wink and we are going, it's going to be slaughterhouse. Yeah. No button. Okay. <laughs> Ortiz, Royce to 5-9, it's going to be slaughterhouse. Right. And Mandela chose the way of peace. Right. And restitution. Yeah. Okay. Restitution has to be there. There has to be restitution. We're not saying that it's, nobody's getting away with anything. Yeah. But if we react, if the way that we can deal with what you've done to us is make you feel it mm-hmm. as a means of setting the score, we are going into a oppression loop that will 
end up destroying our children, bro. Our kids are just going to pick this thing back up because you got to get rid of the oppression. Keep the humanity, get rid of the oppression. And you don't do that by responding to correction with overcorrection. Yes. You feel me? Yes, I absolutely. That's so why I, I, yeah. I think, in, in, which is a delicate thing. We're pendulum people. Yeah. It's a delicate thing, but recognizing yeah. that, hey. That we can swing too far. Is there a world where we all can eat? Because that's what we were marching for. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget, King was... He was not actually marching for equal rights. Yeah, yeah. Just civil rights. Yeah. Can you not just spray me with a hose when I'm right. trying to vote? Yeah, exactly. You right. know? Just please, the basic civility, treat me like a man. Ain't I a woman? Dave? Yeah. Fannie Lou Hamer? Yeah. Just treat me like how you treat people. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. We can build upon that and work through how this might feel equitable. At the very least, <laughs> that we can all step to the, the 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 conversation and no one should go hungry. Yeah. No one should be rejected on the basis of their race or their sexual orientation. Nobody should be injured without cause. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vision of an equitable society. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I think that to, to, to some degree, it's important that we as we, because this is our first episode in a three-part episode where we're looking through the manosphere yeah. and reacting and responding to it, but we do have to have some humility here and say, men are struggling. They are. Bad. And we have to say it, and we have to be able to admit it without thinking that we're giving into some kind of right-wing political, philosophical agenda. You know what I'm saying? Because again, if we are putting a high premium on truth here at Southside Rabbi, and if we are people that put a high premium on truth, then we're going to talk about the truth no matter who it's for and who it's against. And we're not going to decide what truth is true dependent upon who's championing it. Where It's not how truth works. And so I think that we have to admit that men are hurting. The data shows it. The number shows it. And I think that what is happening is that the manosphere is filling a void for young men. Because the church has not done a great job at it. And I think Dr. Anthony Bradley has talked a little bit about this, but the church has not done a great job at filling the void for young men. And sometimes some fathers have not done a good job at filling the void for young men. And they wonder why their sons are listening to Andrew Tate. Because Andrew Tate is, is, is teaching stuff to your son that you may not be teaching him. Yeah. Andrew Tate is offering some stuff that is, so is Jordan Peterson, that's quite practical yes. that he would need to know as a young man. Hey, make up your bed. Hey, you're going to have to learn how to have grit, right, right, how to right. go through a world where things may not go your way, but you can keep going. Hey, it's okay for you to feel fear, but you can't let fear stop you. That's right, that's right. So it's, it's so, soul so, ruggedness. Yes, soul yeah. ruggedness. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's the practical stuff. Hey, get up and go to work. When you don't feel like it. You got to do it. Yep. There's going to be stuff that you don't want to do that needs to be done and you got to do it anyway. Yeah. Andrew Huberman had a really great thing about how there's a portion of our brain that expands when we do stuff that we don't want to do. Yes. And actually it shrinks when you don't. Yes, he right, actually said right. a lot of morbidly obese people, that part of their brain is very small. Mm. It's just He's just telling the truth. Absolutely. But he's saying that it actually, that part of your brain grows when you're doing stuff that you don't want to do regularly. Absolutely. Jordan Peterson wrote that book, The 12 Rules for Life or whatever. That book sold bestseller. Yeah. Why? Because he's giving a lot of practical advice to young men as to how am I supposed Bro. to be a man? How do I be a man? Yes. Can, and, I, can I say this real yeah. quick, bro? And, 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 and we, we should be writing these books. We, can, we, we should be writing, writing these, these 12 rules to life. Yes. Jordan Peterson shouldn't be writing it. Absolutely. We should be writing it. Yes. And Scott Jesus. Galloway should not be doing the podcast about manhood. We should be doing That's it. That's right. And we certainly shouldn't be parroting the Tate. No. Yeah. No. Bro, I, I, 
You know what it feels like, bro? And, and we can end with this for yeah. the, our introduction to the series. But I have been told, you know the pigs that exist on farms yes. inside fences the, that we feed slop and the they pig roll pigs. around the mud. They look the, like the, Char- the, pig the pig pigs from Charlotte's That's Web. Right. Remember Charlotte's <laughs> Web, right? You know how they're this, these kind of like bright pink, curly tail, hairless piece of flesh mm-hmm. that just consumes stuff all day? And mm-hmm. Doesn't have to fight for its meals, make it move a chicken out the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he don't got to do much, though. He doesn't have to do much. He exists to get fat so he can be slaughtered for somebody else's table. Right? Mm-hmm. I've been told that if you take those same pigs and you let them go in the wild, so they're not domesticated, they are let They're to in the run wild. Free, yeah, right? they got to survive on they their own. They got to survive. Yeah. That those same pigs over time, in their lifespan, will begin to grow. Tusk, mm. hair, and and like a quilt will They're, begin yeah. to emerge. Their color changes. They become like these little pig warriors, like hogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, like hogs. Yeah, left alone in the wild long enough, they adapt. They adapt. It's fascinating. There's a whole field of research on it called epigenetics. Looking at that from the outside, l- looking in, you would see. The man, it's like Esau and Jacob, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Esau, who ironically was called hairy. <laughs> yeah. This very red-haired, hairy man, okay? Mm-hmm. That smelled like game all the time. Right, uh-huh. Was in the woods wrestling bears with his bare hands and coming, walking home with the silhouette in the yeah. middle of the night, kicking the door open, it's raining behind him, and there's a whole deer on his shoulder. The image of him in scripture is epic. In a lot of ways, Jacob is... Little mama's boy, okay? Conniving and deceitful. You look at the two and you're like, my goodness, one represents ruggedness, strength, mm-hmm. how I think about, conceptualize yeah. Yeah. manliness. True. And the other... Was like, a, he was the artist. Domestication. Yeah, he was domesticated. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. I think in some ways, just the image, it, it, it speaks to where we are as men right now. Many of us feel like that pig inside the pen, bro. Yes. That dreams of spreading our wings or the step with the analogy, being out in the wild, feeling a little bit of what it means to be free. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To be rugged. To We admire that for a reason. And I think this is why it's important that we capture that there is a warrior kind of predilection that is good and needs to be developed in our hearts as men as men yes god made us that way yes to be balanced with the poet yes a warrior poet shout out to jean lavelle yes shout out to jean lavelle yeah that we are able to be gentle enough to raise our daughters yeah but strong enough to stand against the wiles of our enemies whether they be spiritual or physical. Yeah, the lion and the lamb. The lion and the That's lamb. That's what Jesus was. It's he the was the warrior and the poet. The, it's the mm-hmm. gardener and the soldier. Yeah. There is inside of us all, but yeah. I think it particularly in manhood, yes. a balance of the two. Did, did you know that a man's testosterone drops when his wife gives birth to a child? Mm-hmm. That his body is biologically responding to this newborn mm-hmm. and configuring itself in such a way that he could be able to nurture to this child in ways that he couldn't with more testosterone. Mm-hmm. Not to say that's the end-all, be-all. We have what's called self-control as well. Right. But everything in our biology seems to lean towards both. Mm-hmm. And if you ever get off on one, which it seems, 
uh, one of my big critiques for the Manosphere is that they've only got off on the Warrior That's side. That's it. That is and, it. And to be honest, the Warrior side is largely hypothetical. Absolutely. I mean, because you got dudes that might have a six-pack, but that is a long shot away from actually being the guy that you, with all due respect, even Andrew Tate. Yeah. Okay, you, you, the kickboxer thing really works with his brand because he seems like he's dangerous right. and then nobody can really uh, stand to him because he can fight with his yeah. hands. That is not what captures masculinity because you can fight in the ring. Yeah, it's not. Yep. It did. Really, it comes to that strength being used towards those that are fighting against our humanity, bro. As a collective, not just we're protecting women in general. Yes. What kinds of things threaten our flourishing? And you certainly can't use that strength to empower oppression. But at the end of the day, if it is not balanced, if it's not tethered to the other side, the lion and the lamb, what you find is these malformed one arm bigger than the other, yep. these, these monsters. That's the kind of masculinity kind of, you have. Yeah, it's, it's a deformed masculinity. Deformed masculinity yeah. that does not help anyone. And it doesn't work well. And all and it, it does is build your ego, not your actual character. That's true. Yeah. And I think that it's funny that you talk about that because we'll talk about this more later on because we're about to wrap it up. But I think when you talk about the, as Jean Lavelle says, the poet and the warrior or the lion and the lamb, I think that what is also the reason why you have the masculinity bros is what I call them. That's what I call the manosphere, guys. The masculinity bros. The reason you have the masculinity bros harping so much, I think, on the warrior side yeah. and people being attracted to it is because I do think culture and society has domesticated the warrior side of men. Absolutely. They have made the warrior side of men, the kind of natural aggression in that warrior side that men have feel like it's evil and bad. Yes. It's, men men should not be necessarily into combat sports. I think it's weird that you're into it. It's weird that you're into guns. It's weird. The kind of stuff that makes men like that warrior side, our culture, yeah, specifically, yeah. I will, and I'm going to go political here, specifically stuff that we've seen from the left has stamped that stuff out. Absolutely. And only focuses on the poet. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think the manosphere comes and they overcorrect too. That's right. They say, no, it's all about warriors eating meat, go to the gym, lift a bunch of weights, punch somebody in the face. Yeah. And they totally overcorrect. Agree. And I think that's what happens when we have this imbalance yes, yes, within yes. culture and society is that there's all this overcorrection. But I think that the I think that young men are drawn to it they are. because there is not a culture and society in which that stuff is praised and allowed anymore. Bro, can I just say this real quick too, Meansy? What you're saying is perfectly stated in terms of diagnosing the issue. Yeah. Because I even I have felt that in my own home. So yeah. like, my boys, they want to know that their dad loves them. Clearly. Of course. Yes. But they are much more empowered. I can see it in their faces. I can see it in their ability to take risk and to pursue a hard thing. They're much more animated by me making them feel strong right? than me making them feel loved. I say I love them all the time. I kiss my boys. We are an affectionate household. Mm -hmm. um, that's Good. One, we are an affectionate household. Yes. Absolutely. But when I say what you did was a show of strength, a perfect example. Yesterday, Keanu had a friend who kept threatening him when he wouldn't answer his calls. Hmm. Or, because my, my, my children have structure. They can be on yeah. the iPad and play certain times. blocks for this time, and then they're done. It's off. Right. But one of his friends was threatening him like, hey, if you don't do this, I won't be your friend anymore. KBJ your, your sees son. this, my yeah. older son, takes the iPad from Keanu and says, let me handle this. And he responds to him saying, hey, 
you need to calm down. The dude, the, the, the friend used the curse word, which is oh, wow. wild. Yeah. We're talking seven-year-olds. Yeah. The dude used the curse word. I read the text, bro. I couldn't be more proud of my son, bro. Yeah. He said, you can't talk to him that way, and there's no reason for you to use that kind of language. Then the dude comes back and starts going off, off, and then my son ignores him and doesn't let, let my middle son respond. And then he brings me the iPad and says, this is what's happening. Where do I, what should we do right now? Mm. And I said, I start to take the iPad and respond. I said, no. Here is a chance for him to be independent. He's leading well. Already. His little brother, this is what I love too. It almost made me cry. His little brother is in absolute support of what Big Brother's doing. Yeah. He's not, give me, no, let, I, let not, me. He's, no, you, I trust his vision. Mm -hmm. I say, son, I'm going to let you handle it. And I don't even want to see you do it. I want you to go to the room and do it yourself. Tell him that we are a family of boundaries. There are two things you cannot do and continue to talk to us. Number one, you cannot threaten us on any level. Can't threaten to not be our friend every time you get upset. We will preemptively end the relationship. Second thing that you cannot ever do and be friends with us is you can't use strong language. Yeah. This is not language that my parents use. It's not language that I use. You can't use it with me here. If that's a problem, we're going to renegotiate this. Yeah. This, this, this arrangement where we won't be able to, we won't, to we won't be able to continue it. My son went up there, laid it down, bro. And after it was done, I walked up to him and I said, I'm proud of you. What you did, it showed leadership, it, it showed grit, it showed quick responses in the moment. Mm -hmm. All the things you need to be a man in this world. And you did that, bro. His countenance, bro, lit up, bro. He felt capable, bro. Mm. His chest Put a cape, cape on his, his back. shoulders went back. Yeah. When I make my sons feel powerful and strong and trusted, mm -hmm. the things that you need to lead as a man in this world, I see a reaction, growth, maturity, encouragement, affirmation in ways that a long hug and I love you just, just don't just won't do. Even though I do that as well. You got yeah. Last example. One of the things that my wife and I have worked through too with is the whole crying thing. Where for, for years, boys were told they could not cry. Mm -hmm. They couldn't cry. Yeah. The boy crisis talks about that. Yeah, yeah. That we were at war. It was World War II. There was a Vietnam War. There was yeah. all these operations. It wasn't time to cry. There was you no time together. for crying. Right. So, and, and, our, and this got in our Gen X and Boomer uh, parents and grandparents where they basically said, and the, the mothers too, yeah. men and women, it was in their best interest to not coddle boys at all because we need you to be ready to go die for us. Yeah, uh-huh. So I can't, you I don't can't do that if you're crying. To think through your depression and <laughs> right. your, you having the blues. I remember I admitted to a family member one time that I was feeling like I wanted to hurt myself and he slapped me immediately. <laughs> I know the situation, it wasn't literally funny, but it was theoretically yes. it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But bro, he, and that's what he knew to do. Stop. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't think about hurting myself anymore after that day. Maybe it was good. Anyways, uh, but that's how we related to one another. It was completely shut yourself off from being emotionally available or concerned to your boys. That is what's created the situation for this massive mm -hmm. mental health crisis that, that we enter to this day. Absolutely. Because we have intentionally not cared about them. But in contrast, we've overdeveloped our sisters uh -huh. and the females around their emotional. In fact, to the point that we frame them as the emotional creature who can't get their emotions under control. And that's crazy. Which is not absolutely yeah, true. It's not. And men are also very emotional. Especially, I, I, I always say, I have not heard of a woman who got her shoe stepped on and then killed the person who right, did it. Right. 
That's true. There's that is emotional. That is true, bro. Bandera. If you are raised in the hood, men are emotional. Bro, I have gotten in conflicts with people living in the hood because we were looking at each no, other too. I long. literally they don't even know you. Literally happened to me. Pulling over, literally the happened jumping to me. Jumping out, yes. ready to go to jail literally. for the rest of yeah. my life because you stared at me too long. Literally happened to me and a friend walking down the street. Yeah, bro. About to squabble with these two dudes because my friend looked at him while he was riding past him on a bike. That's that called is, emotional. That's that called being emotional. over-emotional. That is emotional instability. Yeah, yes, it so is. I understand that we do relate to each other differently as men and women. But, you but can't both are emotional. That, you just can't put that in the women's court yeah. because it's over here. Anyways, all that to say, the over-correction correction was that we will not then monitor their tears at all. Mm -hmm. So we affirm all the crying that they do. Yep. And I remember having a conversation with a brother one time because he heard me say to my boys, sometimes... It is not good to cry, yeah. especially in the moment. John talks about that in a book. Maybe we'll cry mm -hmm. later. There'll be a, a moment. But when we are on the field, the tears have to be put aside. And you have to develop that thing mm -hmm. that is able to be in the heat and be present and do yeah. what needs to be done. And if you need to have a good cry later, I tell my boys, I said, Daddy has a good cry. I go, I've been in therapy for yeah. basically my whole life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not, not that long, but I've had good crying sessions. I just left passion. Yeah. I wept for three days. Yeah. <laughs> crying is good. Anger is good. Mm -hmm. Courage is good. Mm -hmm. Your sexual desires in the right context is good. Yeah. But nothing gets a pass, nothing gets a hall pass of limitless, right, unfettered, unfettered, let it roll. Nothing. Not my anger. Yep. Not, certainly not my 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 sexual Not my desires, love. Yeah. Not even my love. Yeah, it's true. Everything needs to have guidance. Yeah. Right. Everything. And I think what is important for us to recognize is that you do your boys in particular a disservice if you affirm every single meltdown down they have because there's nothing wrong with crying. Yep. There is absolutely nothing wrong with crying in and of themselves, but some things are not good reasons to cry. That's true. And we have categories for that in this house. And, and, I, and I help my boys, because especially my middle son, Keanu, he will be in a situation where he's, man, is this a good reason to cry? He'll question himself. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I want him to intrinsically know, man, if I'm weeping over loss or the mm -hmm. pain that I am feeling, or if I'm weeping for a friend of mine, yeah. I love when you can engage with your emotions and empathy. Right. But if I am on the battlefield, or if I in a situation where I have to turn the TV off because my time limit is up, <laughs> right. those are not good reasons to cry. Right. You, That's that, true. That is a good opportunity for you to get emotional calluses. Mm -hmm. We've always used calluses negatively no, some, in yeah. reference to the heart. But realize, without calluses, you can't do pull-ups. That's true. Yeah, without calluses, That's there true. is a whole world of strengthening that you, you cannot access. Right. Ain't no kettlebells. Right. Ain't no dumbbells. Calluses give your hands the ability to engage in the things that make you stronger. Yes. Without emotional calluses, you are a vulnerable little boy all the days of your life. Yes. So in controlled ways, I want to create moments in small. Our boys are not working the field for 14 hours. These are small ways in which you can create emotional calluses in their hearts that make them rugged in this world. And that's what the studies show. The, the, the men who are in their adult years that show the least uh, amounts of depression, the least amount of insecurity, the least amount of social awkwardness are the ones that have been prepped 
with a kind of independence while they were at their parents' house, that they were strong, mm. they were able to rely on what they have learned, they had some emotional calluses, they do well in this world because that's what you need to lead. So all that to say, the overcorrections are many. And I think that a part of what we want to do here in the, this series is to try to find, by God's grace, some balance yeah. as we think about the ways we have poured into men and what men are saying mm-hmm. in, in their suffering and the things that experts are giving us yeah. to think through how we might move forward yeah. as an alternative yeah. to the manosphere. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's good. That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Southside Rabbi. Make sure you please comment, subscribe. Also, please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts because it helps get our podcast to the top, baby, and more people to be exposed to the truth. So please leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well. We love y'all, and we'll see you next time. Peace.